my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of, oh my lanta, holy chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the third and final episode in the Michelle and Friends series for the month of November. I am covering season eight, episode four, I've Got a Secret. From aired on October 8th, 1994. In this episode, Danny causes problems for Michelle when she joins a secret club. DJ becomes jealous when Kimmy dates her former boyfriend, and Jesse and Rebecca agree to divulge the names of their past loves because, well, why not? And of course, I'm going to read the DVD case description for this episode because sometimes they can be yay they can be nay they can be weird all right don't tell but michelle tells danny about her secret club danny blabs and presto michelle is an ex-member oh danny see this is why you were never asked to join any clubs growing up (laughs) because you could not keep a secret We know where Stephanie gets it from. (laughs) Stephanie's not the best secret keeper either. So this episode's got a 6.8 out of 10. Based on 218 ratings. We have some guest stars. We got Joe Davis as a personal trainer. We have returning Blake Ewig playing Derek. We have GM... Giannini playing CD Man. We have, you would recognize this lady because she was on Glee from season two onward. Dot Marie Jones as Muscular Woman. We, of course, have Miko Hughes as Aaron. We have Danielle Judovitz, Girl in Toy Store. I'm trying to see if she's been in. Looks like she does a lot of voice work. I'm trying to see if she is... Doesn't look... It's mainly all voice work, guys. All right, we, of course, have the return of Nelson Burkhard, played by Jason Marsden, and Catherine Zaremba as Redheaded Lisa. Are you serious? Guys, she is like a less than a... Why am I screaming? <laughs> she is less than a month old, uh, younger than me. This is, wh- are you, what? Huh? Okay, it's, this doesn't seem right. This does not seem right. You're telling me that this girl, okay, is the same age as Stephanie. Stephanie, Jody Sweden, who was born in January of 1982. I'm not buying this. I am 100% not buying this at all. No. I don't think that's right. She looks... 
sounds the same age as the rest of the other kids. She, I don't think she was born in 82. Because that does not add up. Alright, we got Joel Zwick directing this episode. I'm sorry, guys. Now I'm a little heated. Uh, Ellen Gulas as the writer along with Jeff Franklin also writing this episode. Let's see. Do we have any trivia? Oh, we got trivia. Okay. When Jesse and Rebecca are arguing in the kitchen about guys Becky dated in the past, Jesse sarcastically says, don't make me laugh. Oh my gosh! Yes! He says, don't make me laugh. <laughs> this is a reference to the 1978 film Grease, in which John Travolta's character Danny Zuko does the same thing when he's talking to Sandy, the girl he used to date, and asks if he's jealous of her new boyfriend. Both Jesse and Danny Zuko are wearing leather jackets in these scenes. But Jesse always wears a leather jacket, especially towards the end of the show's run. He is always wearing a leather jacket. That's just, just leather jacket, white shirt. Basically, Danny Zuko to a T. All right, the kids are playing Mighty Mutant Super Kids. This might be a re- <laughs> might be a reference to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which began the year before. You think? It's kind of hard not to see that in the Mighty Morphin part of it. Uh-huh. And we could even say that the mutant part could be pulled from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. As far as for super kids? I don't know. Maybe the kids on Captain Planet. Or uh, that were on that Captain Planet show. Or the super could be taken from Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. I'm reaching here, it feels like. All right, here's another trivia. When DJ and Kimmy are talking about Kimmy going out with Nelson, a picture of Joey and Jesse from their early days of Double J Creative Services can be seen behind DJ by her computer. Behind her computer. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think I remember that in another episode. I'm like, why is there a picture of them from that? I don't know. They have pictures all over the place from past episodes used as pictures on the set. So, we got a goof. In the first scene, Michelle and three of her friends jump on the beds in Michelle and Stephanie's room. When they jump off the beds and are on the floor talking, Michelle is wearing only one sock. A couple of shots later, she's wearing two socks, but then it goes back to one. I need to I need to see that. I need to check that out. Alright, of course, before I get into the show, I want to let all you Tanner newbies, aka new listeners who have just jumped aboard the Tanner train, aka the podcast for the first time, want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. Of course, since you're listening, you probably already know iTunes and SoundCloud are gonna be your main feeds to be able to listen to this podcast. Also, the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast does have episodes of the show, as well as the Punky Power podcast. Also, another thing is where you can go if you've been listening to the podcast, you really enjoy it, you want to share your feedback, you want to show support. Because I don't do Patreon. I give you all this content absolutely free. I don't want your money. 
I just like to give you guys content of stuff that I love and I grew up with and I still enjoy as an adult. I want to give that to all of you absolutely free. The only thing I ask is a second of your time. If you can jump on iTunes, search the podcast, type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can do so many things with a review. You can use emojis to describe episode titles. I would love to try to figure those out. You can hit me up with a trivia question from either show. Just just have fun with it. Just, uh, yeah. Also, another thing is that sets this apart from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there is that... I don't go in order of air date or episode by episode, season by season. I like to do themes, whether it's a holiday theme, whether it's based on a character, or just something, anything else that I just come up with off the top of my head. So, one last thing, of course, another thing that sets us apart from other Full House and Fuller House podcasts is... This is a podcast for ears of all ages, so kids can listen to it with their parents, parents can listen to it with their kids, you can listen to it on a speaker, sorry, Quinny, whatever, however you want to listen to it. You don't got to worry about me dropping F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs, anything inappropriate, I will never do that to you guys. I love the show, and I wanted to create a Full House and Fuller House podcast that was safe for all family, basically, for everybody. Because I love the show and I just, I want that to be an option that parents can listen to this podcast with their kids around and listen to it on car rides, road trips, while you're cleaning the house, while you're making dinner, doing laundry, all that good stuff. So, yeah, just take me along wherever you go. All right, without further ado, of course, we get the adorable, fun, cold opens. I love these. They're just a little nugget of, like, 20-second footage. That's just so fun. It's like, and I don't like cherries on my Sundays because I've never been a fan of cherries. I'm just going to say it's the pecan on the Sunday. let's, Let's get into it. Let's see this cold open. Okay, it's. A cold open with Jesse and the boys. Jesse's got his work belt on. Nikki and Alex also have their Fisher Price work belts on. And he's going to raise the seats because the boys are getting a little taller on these tricycles. What? Why? You would think at this age, I mean, they're right around close to what Michelle was when she was riding on a bike with training wheels. I don't know what the cutoff age is for tricycles, but I'm just like, come on now. They, you could be showing them how to ride a two-wheeler with training wheels. I, I think the boys are ready. Not to mention, I mean, tricycles in the house on the floor in Danny's house with the skid marks and the tire tracks, you know he's not going to be about that. Uh, all right, boys, step number one, hitch up your pants so your butt crack doesn't show. <laughs> Both boys just follow exactly what Jesse's doing. The, this is going to come back to bite Jesse in the butt. He says, okay, watch the master and do exactly what I do at all times. You know that he's going to bang his thumb or something and be hopping up and down. Oh, So he's got a, what is this? 
school kind of thing. Not a screwdriver, I know that. So press a wrench, I don't know. It's it's something to help renew, remove. You know, I had to do that growing up too. Is you'd either like lower the seat a little or you'd raise it just a little. All you got to do is just take the little uh, lug nut thing off. That way you can move the seat up however or down however you need it. And then you just put that little uh, nut screw back on there and tighten it and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, and of course he bangs his thumb and jumping up and down. Oh, 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 oh. Exactly what the boys are doing. It's like, hey, you said to do everything exactly like you. Oh, and of course to make matters worse, Jesse is not watching where he's putting his feet. And he right into the door. And he lifts his foot up. Oh, pain, pain. Ow. Yes, we see. You're in pain. We got it. Yes, it hurts. Watch where you're walking. Maybe if I did that, I wouldn't be banging into stuff in my bare feet. Bang into anything with your bare foot, no matter what it is, whether it's a case of pop or it's a filing cabinet or what. It's going to hurt because you have nothing protecting your feet. Right, Quinny? Yep. The boys are spinning in circles. Pain, pain, pain. Oh, my gosh. So, the kid in the yellow, I'm not sure which one he is, but they're bouncing around going, pain, pain, pain. And he's not watching where he's going. He bangs right into his brother's head. They, like, knock heads together. And that is it. <laughs> basically the cold open. Alrighty, boys. Raising these seats should be a simple operation. Step number one. Hitch up your pants so your butt crack doesn't show. That's right. Very good. Now listen. Watch the master and do exactly what I do at all times. All right? Here we go. All right. Step number two. We loosen the nut under here. Alright. This one's a little tight. Knock here. We just. Oh, 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 the camera's aimed at is the room they're going to go into for the opening scene. And it's just, this sounds like the same type of music cue that they use in Michelle a la carte when she is in that go-kart derby, which that'll be, that'll most likely, I believe, be next year. I think it might be one that I'm doing for the Olsen twins' birthday. All right, so we see Michelle, Derek, Lisa, and Aaron pop their heads up. They're all wearing black bandanas with the MMSK logo, Mighty Morphins, Mutant, Mighty whatever, Super Kids. <laughs> Surprised they're even letting Aaron hang out with him because, uh, well, Teddy's not there anymore. He uh, ducked out at the end of Season 7. Denise is nowhere to be found some oriental type music playing like they're trying to do a karate kid type of thing with the uh 
karate movements and high kicks and everything. Okay, Aaron, you need to, like, go to a karate class because you need to get that energy out. Honestly, I think they all should go to karate. I mean, I'm not, I'm surprised that, I mean, yeah, it's been ages since, you know, DJ was in karate. But you'd think that stuff would just come back to you. Like, oh, you guys are trying to do karate moves here? Let me show you some techniques. Speaking of karate, <clears throat> whatever happened to Brian Kagan? And, oh, little uh, Tony Kagan. What happened to those kids? I mean, does, uh, I, and Harry. What happened to Harry? Why is he not go? Maybe he got uh, stuck at Van Anna Jr. Jr. I, we don't know. Where's Brian Kagan? Where's Walter? Where's Jimmy? Where's any of these kids that Stephanie was hanging? What happened to Mickey? Did she move away? I don't know. Aaron especially, he needs to channel that aggression and energy into something more uh, appropriate. Mighty Mutant Super Kids, we have destroyed the forces of evil. As Aaron's delivering this dialogue, because this guy's got energy for all four kids, Lisa looks like she is out of breath just watching. Like, <laughs> All that jumping around on the bed and doing high kicks just takes it out of your eight-year-old body, apparently. Okay, yes, I see that Michelle is missing a sock. She is one sock off and one sock on. They're, mut <laughs> They're mutating. They're uh, going back into regular kid mode, and this is just... The way that they're shaking and gyrating, it just, it almost feels semi-insensitive to those that suffer from seizures. That's how they're kind of shaking and moving. And it's just, it's unsettling. I get it's supposed to be funny, but it just, it looks uncomfortable to me. It, just, it makes me uncomfortable. Derek apparently is so into the, uh, going back into regular kid mode because he's mutating from a mutant to a kid again. And he's like, and Michelle's like, Derek, we're, we're done. We're done mutating. You need to stop now. Then Derek is, oh, uh, sorry. I got lost on the super side. <laughs> well, well, Lisa like raises her eyebrows. I'm like, okay. So Michelle's idea was to come, her, it was her original idea to, like, hey, why don't we start a Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club? And yeah, they're all for it. Lisa's the one that says, oh, but it has to tell, it's got to be a secret. We cannot tell anybody. Oh, the whole secret identity thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way Aaron's like, especially grown-ups, like, ugh. The way he's like, growing up's dumb. Just that kind of whole attitude. But that's just Aaron being Aaron. He will never change. That's why they keep him around. He's the shortest of all three of those kids. And did you know, if you watch Pet Cemetery, the original, the first one, he's got blonde hair. And I know that that's a thing. Sometimes kids that are born with blondish hair later, you know, it darkens and becomes brown. Derek's the one that says, hey, let's take an oath. And they all put their palms on top of each other. And he swears them to secrecy. Like, do you swear not to tell anybody, a living soul other than the four of us, about this Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club? And they all say, I swear. And they take their hands out like, hey. 
Oh, Lisa, we don't need this. She says, oh, and if you do tell, you have to pull. Oh, you, uh, that's just, it makes me want to gag just thinking about what she's. You have to pull out your toenails. <coughs> oh, God. I am. So, this girl is disgusting. She just. Mm. Pull your toenails and eat them. Oh, I. It just the the visual of it just makes you want to retch. So you gotta stop being so gross, sweetie. All the other kids are grossed out too, like Lisa. Oh, even Aaron's like, Lisa, you're gross. Even Aaron <laughs> is just grossed out by her. Like, ugh. I thought I was weird. Apparently, <laughs> Lisa takes pride in that. Yeah. President, president, what? Girl, it's a club. This ain't the He-Man Woman Haters Club, and you aren't the little rascals. You don't need a president or a cobra. There's four of you. If you had, like, maybe ten of you, I'd say, sure, why not? Pick a president. Keep everything in order. But there's four of you. And I'm sure that Michelle nominates herself since she thought of a club to begin with. Yes, Aaron, of course you would pick yourself. He says, I pick me. All in favor. Aaron, say Aaron rules. Everyone, they just look at him like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, they they literally look at him like, no. He's like, oh, maybe I yeah, one step too far. If you want to still hang out in this club with us, Aaron, you will not say anything. And Derek is the one that kind of puts this on the table with saying, hey, look, perhaps our leaders should maybe be whoever is able to purchase. What is that noise? Good grief. The leader should be possibly whoever's able to purchase a super fortress. Mighty Mutant Super Fortress. That Just the name of it just makes me think of Castle Grayskull from the 80s. I didn't have one of those. Um, I don't know if either Jeremy or his brother might have had one growing up. I'm not sure. Lisa brings up a great question. How are we going to get all that money without telling anybody? Uh, well, allowance chores, paper route, uh, delivering groceries to your neighbors, stuff like that. I'd say mowing the lawn, but you guys are eight, and I don't think your parents would want you behind a push mower or a riding mower, for that matter. One false move, and you reach down on one false move, and you're losing your fingers. And Michelle's like, you know, whoever figures that question out deserves to be president. And they're all like, okay, let's see, how are we gonna, I'm sure they gotta come up with ways to figure out how are we gonna do this. Yeah. 
I propose we take an oath. Do we swear never to tell anyone about the Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club? I swear. And if you tell, you have to pull out your toenails and eat them. Lisa, you're gross. Yeah. Now we need to pick a president. I pick me. All in favor say Aaron rules. No. leader should be whoever is able to purchase a mighty mutant super fortress. How are we going to get all that money without telling anyone? Whoever figures that out deserves to be president. Yeah! <laughs> this is the side plot, of course, with Kimmy and DJ and Nelson. Kimmy comes into DJ's room and says, Hey, Deej, I got an extra ticket for the Dodgers and the Giants playing baseball. If you want to come with and DJ says, oh, I mean, thanks thanks for doing that, Kimmy and all, but, I mean, if I want to see a man spit and scratch, I'll just watch Joey polish the silver. Ew, that's nasty. Well, I ain't eating nothing that uh, silver that Joey's polishing. I mean, if it's set for, oh, God, that's, mm-mm. They make stuff for that, guys. If you want to polish silver, they make special type of stuff for that. Now we do see on the cork board, we do see along with a third place ribbon, we see Joey and Jesse from their advertising days. We just see a, you know, small picture of them. I don't know where their ad exactly unless that was for like career day maybe she took a picture of them it looks like she also has like a brochure for a college hospital tacked up on her cork board along with another like maybe first or second place ribbon so okay Kimmy already had this and so she was just kind of throwing it out there she doesn't actually have the other ticket because she says well I figured you wouldn't want to go so I asked Nelson I gotta say honestly would you be cool with your best friend dating your ex? They hadn't even been broken up. To, I mean, this is only the fourth episode. We only just met Nelson in season eight. Comments, uh, season eight, episode one. Comments, excellent adventure. I wouldn't be okay with it. I'm like, no, no, no. There are many people out there you can go with. You don't need to go after DJ's leftovers. She says, Kimmy, I only broke up with the guy a few weeks ago. And Kimmy tells her, yeah, I know. I'm going for that rebound thing. R really? You know the rebound thing is usually where after you break up with someone, you immediately go out with some other person. You don't go after... That's not how that works. It's kind of like the whole thing in Greece where I I, I think uh, Rizzo was, like, Rizzo and Danny must have dated at one point. And then whether she was getting with Kaneki, and then she's saying something to Danny like, oh, eat your heart out or whatever, what are you, jealous? And Danny says, well, I would, Riz, but sloppy seconds aren't my style. As in, you're already dating my friend and now you're not with him. I'm not going to date you just after he... I'm not doing that. Yeah, clearly, 
they must have dated because the whole thing of, oh, Sandy, what's your boyfriend's name? What's this guy's name? And she says Danny Zuko, and immediately Frenchie and um, <laughs> Marty, I think that's it. Frenchie and Marty are just like, like, looking at each other, kind of like, oh my gosh, really? She's dating your old boyfriend. But Sandy didn't know that. Kimmy, this is something she should have asked before she even bothered asking Nelson. The fact that she's like, oh, do you mind if Nelson, you're not jealous, are you? And DJ, <laughs> of you and Nelson? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, she says, somehow I don't think so. And of course, Kimmy takes offense to this. She says, oh, so just because Nelson's rich and handsome, he couldn't possibly be interested in me? And DJ says, no, I mean, I didn't mean it that way. I just I just meant that, you know, we're, we're different. So basically, DJ just come off a little insulting. Just, I mean, you know, some people like steak and some people like chicken. So in a way, she's DJ's referring to herself as, you know, steak. And of course, she's referring to Kimmy as, like, less than, you know, chicken. I mean, honestly, it seems more like if Nelson accepted this date, it feels more like he's on the rebound. Like, well, if I can't have DJ, I'll go out with her friend or something like that. Or he's just... Yeah, because there's a later episode where... Kimmy's dating Dwayne. She wants to get married at this chapel. Nelson comes in because he was going to take DJ to visit the Queen of England, who is visiting San Francisco, RIP, because she just recently passed away, the Queen of England. And when DJ says to Nelson, Kimmy's getting married, and Nelson's reply is, to what? He's just, uh, it's just, it's just, he's d disgusted at the thought of Kimmy. It just feels like Kimmy is just so not his type. He thinks she'd marry an inanimate object or something. And Kimmy, I don't think she really gets the reference as what DJ's trying to put out there. Because she's are you calling me a chicken? Usually, like, chicken is referring to, like, calling you a chicken is like, oh, you're scared, or, or, or you're a wimp, or you're too afraid to stand up for yourself or something. And DJ says, no, no, of course not. I mean, tell you what, you can be the steak. And Kim, <laughs> she's like, oh, so now I'm a pig. And DJ just looks at Kimmy and says, Kimmy, steak comes from a cow. And Kimmy, he's just so, uh, a cow? She says, that's the final insult. Turns around. Okay, we gotta talk about Kimmy. She leaves the room. We gotta talk about Kimmy's outfit here, because what is going, what is this? I can't even, it's like, it just looks like a bunch of different clothes just kind of sewn together. We got a, a white spaghetti strap tank top thing over a reddish orange shirt we got it looks like men's tidy whities over red tights and black long-legged shoe you know boots or whatever and then it's like 
What? Hold on. Okay, she, yeah, she looks like she is wearing, like, men's boxer shorts or some long johns with buttons down the front of them that have just been cut into shorts. I don't get what this is. It's just like they're just slapping together whatever and throwing it on Andrea Barber. Like, here you go. We, you know, you're always wearing kooky, crazy outfits. Let's throw this on you. Kimmy's wearing reddish-orange lipstick that pretty much matches the tights and shirt. And she's wearing, like, a... It looks like part of, like, a mini a red and blackish, like, plaidish-looking... What could have been a mini skirt at one point in time, but is part of her shirt. What? It's it just... It's fabric scraps that have just been... Sewn together. I, uh, uh, okay, let's move on from this. And DJ just shakes her like, oh, wh why? What? Mm. Cammy, I'll never understand you. Hey, Deej, the Giants are playing the Dodgers, and I got an extra ticket. Oh, thanks, Cammy, but if I want to see a man spit and scratch, I'll just watch Joey polish the silver. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't want to go, so I asked Nelson. Cammy, I only broke up with a guy a few weeks ago. I know. I'm going for that rebound thing. I think that it only works for the person that broke up. Do you with mind? Him. You're not jealous, are you? Of you and Nelson? <laughs> Somehow I don't think so. Oh, so just because Nelson's rich and handsome, he couldn't possibly be interested in me? No, I, I didn't mean it that way. I, I just meant that we're different. I mean, some people like steak and some people like chicken. Are you calling me a chicken? <laughs> no, of course not. Tell you what, you can be the steak. Oh, so now I'm a pig. Kimmy's steak comes from a cow. A cow? That's the final insult. Speaking of spit and polish the silver, because it's like fancy, fancy flatware that Danny is just scrubbing with whatever silver polish to his heart's content. Because Stephanie's sitting at the kitchen counter island, whatever you want to call it, and handing Joey a knife, and we see him spit on it. It's like, that is gross. Do not, no. Joey, you need to, like, sit down, and the, the you don't, don't touch the flatware anymore. That is disgusting. I don't care if he's Danny's twin brother. You don't do that. Regardless of, of, I mean, I'm cool with Jeremy and I sharing a drink, because I know him, but anyone else, I'm not sharing a drink. I mean, I honestly prefer to have my own, but what comes down to it, I'm like, hey, you want to sip on my drink? Sure, why not? But I'm not going to just let, like, I wouldn't be cool with a friend doing it or just, you know, just <clears throat> another family member or cousin or whatever. I'm like, mmm, no. Danny sees Joey spit on this knife. And he just gives Joey a look as Joey hands him the knife. Danny takes the knife and throws it in the recycling blue container for cans. I'm like, yeah, I'm not keeping that. I'd be like, no. You didn't do that to anything else that you've given me, have you? Because this stuff's going in the trash. 
wouldn't want to eat off that silverware after you spit on it, even if the Danny used that silver polish afterwards. This is cute. As Jesse comes in with the boys, and Danny comes over and is like, hey, give your uncle a hug. And the boys come in like, hi, Uncle Danny. Oh, it's so cute. And he asks, what do you guys do at the park? And whichever twin this is says, I ate dirt. And Danny just looks at him with a gross out look, just, why? Other twin t says, I told him to. Okay, so the other, the twin in the red shirt is clearly the dominant twin that orders the other twin to do stuff. See the same one in the series finale that said about the Rigby who decided like, oh, Michelle's lost her memory, let's mess with her and say she gave us the Rigby rhino when she didn't. Because the other twin says, she didn't say that. Because he's like, you said that we could have this. Like, okay, if that's what I said, take it. And then the other twin in the door, he says, she didn't say that. And the other twin says, shh, it's got to be the dominant twin in the red. He's making his brother eat dirt. What that said, I ate dirt. He's so proud of himself. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I told him to. Danny is just like, ugh. So here comes into plot number three, or we could call this the mini plot. Because he says, Stephanie, why, Jesse says, Stephanie, why are you using my Kiss t-shirt as a rag? Because apparently it was in the rag pile. It's not like the thing, the shirt is in tatters or anything. It might be a little faded. But. And he is just so irritated. Like, what, rag pile? Why was it in the rag pile? And Becky says, well. Honey, I put it in there because you never wear that shirt. I'd be like, sure, he doesn't wear it, like, right now, but that doesn't mean one day he might not want to get it out from the uh, depths of his closet and wear it one day. Sure, there's stuff I'll be like, yeah, I know I'm never going to wear this again. But there are others It's like, okay, you rotate them out. Like, okay, I got my seasonal shirts. I got my Bucky's. Halloween, I got my Thanksgiving and my Christmas shirts. And then, you know, you rotate them out. And then you go, you know, thanks, you go the St. Patrick's and Easter and 4th of July. Boom. That's just, it's what you do. You know, I got, I got this little closet here that it, we, my husband and I share. And I got the shirts I'm currently wearing. And then in the other room, I got shirts that I'm rotating out for the season. I mean, if you're going to a concert, I mean, shirts, oh my gosh. Going to a Josh Groban concert a couple times, shirts there are like $40 and up for a t-shirt. That's how they make their money on that swag. So it's like, no, you've spent 50 bucks on a shirt, you're wearing that shirt for life. Or until you're a skinny old person, you can fit into it again. I don't know. Just the whole fact of, I may not be able to fit into it now, but that doesn't mean I won't be able to down the road. So you hold on to it. Or you hold on to it for sentimental purposes. That's why I hold on to a lot of my stuff. And no, I'm not a hoarder. Book hoarder, yes. But a hoarder of other things, I mean, I'm. it's not the, the level of like those TV shows that you see with just decrepit, decaying junk all over the place. It's not like that. 
Yeah, exactly. He says, it's my Kiss t-shirt. I'm saving it for sentimental reasons. And Becky of it, uh, uh-huh, sentimental, huh? What's her name? Of course, Joey says, oh, man, I used to love Kiss. Remember that guy with the tongue? And Joey sticks his tongue out, and then Nikki and Alex proceed to do the same thing. He's Simmons, right? He was the one with the tongue. Ah! Did he have a tongue extender, or was his tongue always like that? Audience goes crazy when Joey does a rock and roll. Sticking the tongue out. The audience is going crazy. The kids are doing it too. Well, Nikki and Alex. And Danny says, oh, that's nice. Nice role model, Joey. Thanks. Oh, come on. It's not like he's teaching them to spit on the silver flatware. He says, come on, boys. I'll teach you how to lick a stamp. Now, when did that change from us having to lick the stamped already, you know, having the sticky part of it? I'm sure that at one point must have changed. Okay, so what I'm seeing here, it says most U.S. Most US stamps issued since 2002 have been self-adhesive, according to the Postal Service. But some lower... Denomination stamps are still offered in perforated coils with moisture-activated adhesive. So I'm guessing like the whole issue comes down to money of the self-adhesive adhesive stamps versus the lick and sticks stamps. Kind of. Come on, boys! I'll teach you how to lick a stamp while it's still in the mailbox. <laughs> And Becky apologizes. She's like, honey, I'm sorry about your shirt. I didn't realize you were such a big Kiss fan. He says, well, I'm, I'm not. It just this was one of the first concerts I ever went to. He says, yeah, it, it, I'm not. You know, it was a gift. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I see. What was her name? And Jesse says, oh, why do you automatically assume it, it was a woman? I tried to include Stephanie, like, <laughs> you see what I'm dealing with here, Steph? <laughs> Becky kind of clears her throat, like, <clears throat> I'm waiting, waiting for that name. Allison White. I thought he was going to say Allison Axelrod. <laughs> Apparently, this Allison White was the first girl that he ever took to a concert. Oh, he's just like, oh, real? are you happy now? You badgered it out. Well, Oh, okay. Luckily enough, Jeremy and I didn't date anyone else before we got together. We were each other's first, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. So I didn't have to, we don't have to worry about all that other stuff. So <laughs> any past loves or anything like that. But I mean, if there had been, and Jeremy had held on to something from uh, an ex, I would immediately, like, you don't need to hold on to that. You don't need to keep that. Why are you keeping it? What? Has Jesse ever worn a tie? Except for interviews. I'm trying to think of when he and Joey would pitch stuff for the ad agency. I, I would imagine they probably would be wearing ties. And Becky says, so why is it... Every, you've lost every tie I've ever gave you, but you'll hang on to this ratty old Kiss t-shirt. And you've saved that shirt for 15 years. He corrects her saying, oh, it's actually 14 years. Like It, it doesn't matter. I would personally be hurt if I were Becky. 
Like I give you clothes all the time and you lose these these ties. You'll, you'll keep that shirt from somebody that who knows what happened to them. Becky just, she won't let it go, which I probably wouldn't either. She says, well, obviously this girl is very special to you. And he's like, no, no. I'm like, then why are you holding on to the shirt still? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, apparently there's more to that Allison White than uh, well, we thought. Because he says, oh, she was so special we uh, would have gone through with the marriage. Becky's eyes get really big and she looks at him like, wait, what now? Audience is like, whoa, what's this now, Jesse? Becky's, you were engaged to her? Jesse is just like, I'm, I mean, not like engaged, engaged. I mean, not like you and I were engaged, but he's like, you know, sometimes you'll say anything when the windows are fogged up and you're not getting oxygen. <laughs> He's like, you know, things were different back then. You know, when you're 16, you're in a drive and the windows are up. You're not getting enough oxygen. You'll say anything. And Jesse is like, well, wait, wait a sec here. Well, look, didn't you have some guy in your past that I don't know about? What about this Doyce Plunk guy? So why you didn't bring him up? Like, what about this Doyce Plunk? Whatever happened to him? Well, we know what happened to him. He married uh, Mary Ellen Matthews or whatever her name was from that season six episode. Uh, trouble in Twin Town. He gets her a new Rolls Royce or Coupe de Ville or whatever every single year. BMW, I don't know. Or she's like, yeah, sure I did. A ton of them. A lot of them. I mean, this is Nebraska we're talking about. You know how many farmers she went through? And Jesse's like, huh, a ton, huh? Is that uh, one really big fat one or a bunch of little ones? This <laughs> thing says the funniest thing. <laughs> And she says, oh, yeah, it was a lot of uh, good-looking ones with uh, really nice hair. <laughs> I love how she throws that in his face. I love how the audience is like, woo Yes, that is full-on Danny Zucker out there. He's like, make me laugh. <laughs> and then Becky's like, okay, yeah, I can put up. Would you like me to make you a list? Because I would gladly be able to. It's like, yeah, fine. I'll make a list of my own. All right, you're on. <laughs> of course, when Jesse says fine, of course, Danny and Stephanie have been watching this thing play out the whole time. And Danny's like, you see that stuff? That, that was a bad move. You know Jesse is going to have, I mean, come on, we're going all the way back to season one, everybody, with Adriana. Or, uh... Vanessa, Vanessa, that's right, from the pilot episode. And Jesse says, see, I'll make a list for you. And then Stephanie says, see, Dad, that was a really bad move. Like, yeah. Ew. Why was it in the rag pile? Well, I put it in the rag pile. 
You never wear that shirt. Well, uh, this is my Kiss T-shirt. I'm saving it for sentimental reasons. Man, I used to love Kiss. Remember the guy with the tongue? Rock and roll! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Nice role model, Joey. Thanks. <laughs> Come on, boys. I'll show you how to lick a stamp when it's already in the mailbox. <laughs> well, honey, I'm really sorry about your shirt. I didn't realize you were such a big Kiss fan. Well, I'm not. It's just it was a gift, you know. I see. What was her name? <laughs> Why do you automatically assume it was a woman? You see what I have dealing with here? <clears throat> it was Allison White, actually. She was the first girl I ever took to a concert. There, you happy now? You badgered it out of me. Well, I can't believe you lost every tie I ever bought you and you saved that shirt for 15 years. It's actually 14 years. Well, this girl was obviously very special to you. No. No. I mean, if she was so special, we would have gone through with a marriage. You were engaged to her? Well, not engaged, engaged, like, 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 like we were engaged. Our things are different, you know? When you're 16, you're out of driving, the windows are up, you're not getting enough oxygen, you'll say anything. <laughs> Look, didn't you have some guy in your past that I don't know about? Well, sure I did. A ton of them. A ton, huh? Is that one really big fat one or a bunch of little ones? <laughs> it was uh, a lot of good-looking ones with really nice hair. <laughs> Make me laugh. <laughs> Would you like me to make a list for you? Fine. See, that, that, that was a bad move. <laughs> and I'll make a list for you. Fine. See, that was a really bad move. <laughs> So now we move to the living room. Danny and Joey are sitting on opposite ends of the living room in the perspective chairs. Michelle comes in from the, what is the laundry room into the hallway. Whatever, whatever, you guys, you don't need this. So, she's just going to flat out ask Danny for $39, guys. That's how much this Super Fortress thing costs. And in 1994, that was most likely quite a bit of money, especially to a kid. I mean, $50 to us, $20 to us kids probably felt like a million dollars back in the day. So she flat out asked Danny, like, Dad, can I have $39? And he just smiles at her and says, absolutely not. So Michelle goes over to Joey and says, hey, Joey, can I have $39? And he says, absolutely, kind of eyeing Danny, like, see, I can help you. Danny, can I borrow $39? And Danny again says, absolutely not. So of course he's like, okay, Michelle, why, why do you want this money? It's n He even says, it's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. I'm not just going to go out and spend $39 on you on some frivolous thing. He, she hasn't even told him what it, well, she technically can't because it's supposed to be a secret. The goal is to get the Super Fortress without bringing in an adult to flat out give you the money. I mean, I would imagine you're, you can't tell them what it is, what 
the money's for. I can't believe she even asked Joey that. You want money, you go to your dad. I mean, I get it that Jesse and Joey are there helping you raise the girls. They've been there for now seven years. But, it just, I mean, sure, he lives in their house, but it's like, it's just, the kids aren't, this is the first time I think anyone flat out asked Joey for money. One of the kids, I mean. I don't remember any episode where DJ or Stephanie ever asked Joey or Jesse for money. Yeah, Joey's like, hey, Danny, can I borrow $39? And Danny says, absolutely not. Danny asks Michelle, what's going on? And she says, that's the secret. And he's like, all right, well, you keep your secret and I'll keep my $39. Michelle decides to tell Danny, like, okay, okay, I'll tell you. But you have to promise not to tell, that you won't tell at all, or you will have to eat toenails. Uh, first of all, I thought that agreement was just between the four kids. That didn't include the adults. Danny is grossed out by it. But Joe, Joey's heard of this, so he's like, hey, that, that's a standard oath. Just, Danny, just go with it. Danny puts his hand up and says, okay, I swear. Like, he's on the witness stand. Michelle tells him, okay, we started a Mighty Mutants Super Kids Club, and it's my first secret club, and it's really cool. I'm just kind of wondering, is this a Mighty Mutant Super Kids? Is it a TV show? Is it a book series? It's just because there's like action figures that come with this whole Super Fortress set. So I'm just kind of, it sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like a, like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or a Captain Planet with all the, you know, the kids and all their rings and all the power of the earth, wind and fire and all that stuff. She tells Danny, it's my first secret club and it's really cool. You guys haven't even done anything yet. You're just, like, jumping around on the beds and doing high kicks and all this stuff. Whoever gets a super fortress gets to be president. So he's like, let's go. It's like, okay, I gave you the information. Come on. Take your $39 and come with me. We're going to the toy store. And this is where Dan she's, like, trying to, like, yank him by the hand out of the chair. And he says, Michelle, come on. It's not your birthday, and it's not Christmas. Which is interesting because Michelle's birthday, I believe, is in November. So, it's right next to Christmas. Actually, it's funny because her birth she shares her birthday with Nikki and Alex. Three birthday cakes. And he says, and I think $39 is too much for a toy. And not to mention, I mean, apparently this thing, this Super Fortress thing... Also comes with action figures, characters, which normally when you get these particular setups, uh, you see on all the commercials, like, does not come with accessories. Uh, characters sold separately, stuff like that. It's like, you can get the big gigantic thing, but you got to buy the, you know, individual characters separately. Like, you may want the Barbie but you're gonna have to pay separately if you want that RV or if you want that Barbie's dream house. None of your bar none of the Barbies are coming with it. You gotta buy your own Barbies. None are included. If you want additional like furniture for your dream house, because I'm sure the dream house has all that comes with it. It's just the house. Any tables, chairs, beds, dressers, that stuff you purchase separately. 
almost kind of feel like that's how they get you, right? You buy this big old thing. You got to buy more Barbies. You got to buy furniture for the, to furnish the place. That's how they get you. And Joey, apparently he's got the inside details here because, like, oh, yeah, Michelle, even if you could squeeze $39 out of your dad, you, you'd never get a hold of a Super Fortress. They're sold out in every toy store in town. And Danny kind of, he looks at Joey with a raised eyebrow and says, well, how would you know that? And Joey's like, well, let's just say I have my name on some uh, waiting lists. Too bad you can just wait for Joey to get one. You don't have to spend the money and you can just play with the one that Joey, unless Joey is a collector, as in I get it, I, wait, I don't touch it, don't open the box, and that way it increases in value. Or those that go out and get one for themselves, they get, and then they get an extra one to sell on eBay for umpteen more dollars in it i mean basically they're trying to make a profit but and that's a thing these people will go out these hard to find items they'll get one but they'll get an extra so they can sell it and gouge people who are still waiting to get one like um like with that uh i think it was like the wii or the switch or all these new systems that ps5s or whatever they're called now those things all come out. They're impossible to find if you're lucky to get one or two. And then you'll just hawk the other one on eBay to the highest bidder, which I think is just cruel. You're playing on people's mercies by doing like, oh, I know someone will pay a thousand plus dollars for something that cost me three hundred. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Danny, can I borrow $39? Absolutely not. Michelle, what's going on? That's a secret. Fine, honey. You keep your secret and I'll keep my $39. Okay, okay. But swear you won't tell or you have to eat toenails. That's a standard oath. Just go with it. Okay, I swear. Okay. We started a Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club, and it's my first secret club, and it's really cool. Whoever gets a Super Fortress gets to be president. Let's go! Michelle, come on. It's not your birthday, and it's not Christmas, and I think $39 is too much for a toy. Plus, even if you could squeeze the money out of them, you'd never be able to get a hold of a Super Fortress. They're sold out in every toy store in town. How would you know that? Well, I... I might just have my name on a few waiting lists. So DJ and Stephanie are setting up for dinner, and there's a knock at the back door. It's Nelson, and DJ doesn't understand why he's there, because they're not together anymore. And apparently Kimmy wanted to meet Nelson there at DJ's house. I think it's Definitely 100% to rub it in DJ's face. But she uses the excuse to Nelson of the fact that her mom is having an electrolysis party. Ew. 
So DJ asks how Nelson's been. He says, oh, I've been busy, you know, but not with anyone in particular, just lots of different people. So I don't see why he feels like he has to defend himself or whether he's trying to make DJ think like the breakup wasn't hard on him or what, like he's trying to keep a positive outlook. I don't know. And DJ's like, oh yeah, me too. Lots of different people <laughs> who can count. And Stephanie says, a one-armed, a one-armed man. <laughs> DJ goes over to Stephanie, and Stephanie puts up a spoon and a fork, kind of like back, back demon, back. And Kimmy appears in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room and says, "Good evening, all." As she poses in the doorway, she's wearing a black dress. She's wearing a white. I'm guessing fake pearl necklace and earrings. She's got a black headband kind of holding her, her bangs and her hair back. And she looks really gorgeous. DJ is surprised to see Kimmy outside of any of her normal wacky attire. She said, Kimmy? We get a woo from somebody from the audience as Kimmy walks in. Like she's strutting down a model runway. Then we get a from someone else she's wearing black high heel well they're not high high heels they got a little bit of uh inch on them but not much and she says she, she pretends like she's just seeing nelson there for the first time like oh hello nelson and nelson is even like wow she is really pretty outside of how she normally dresses Kimmy walks past DJ and Stephanie. They both whirl around like, wow. This is awesome. Because they've known Kimmy since Kimmy was 10 years old. Kimmy takes Nelson's hand and kisses the top of it. Almost like a woman would do to a, a, man, uh, a man would do to a woman. Stephanie says, Kimmy, there's something different about you. You look so lifelike. Nelson is almost tongue-tied here. He's like, oh, actually, you, you look lovely. Look, we still have time before the game. Would you like to get some crepe Suzette? Go to Chez New and get some crepe Suzette. And Kimmy says, well, I'm not that into Greek food, but okay. She says, si, senor. Did she just kind of stub her nose up at DJ as she walks out the door after Nelson? Oh, DJ's unhappy. She doesn't like the idea of her best friend going out with her ex. Well, who would? Nelson, I didn't know you were coming over. Uh, Kimmy asked me to meet her here. Her mom's having an electrolysis party. <laughs> so how have you been? Oh, no, I'm keeping busy. But not with anyone in particular. Just lots of different people. <laughs> yeah, me too. Lots of different people. Who can keep count? <laughs> a one-armed man? <laughs> Good evening, all. Kimmy? Uh, 
You know, we still have some time before the game. Would you like to go to Chez Nou? Get some crepes, Suzette? Well, I'm not that into Greek food. But, um... <laughs> si, senor. Well, I guess we better get going. Allow me. Oh, no, no, no. Allow me. Alright, so I looked up Crepe Suzette. Crepe Suzette is a French dessert consisting, well, he did say Chez Roux, of crepes with B-E-U-R-R-E, Suzette, a sauce of caramelized sugar and butter. Oh my gosh, this looks amazing. It sounds amazing, too. Um, I don't really care for the tangerine or orange juice zest and grand mirror triple sec orange flambeed table side something oh it just looks I mean aside from the orange stuff I mean it sounds amazing <laughs> I would just say the caramel butter and pow some powdered sugar dusting on top we don't need that orange zest stuff on there so that's the first meeting of the super or the mighty uh, mutant super kids club and uh, apparently Derek failed. He says, I must report I failed dismally at procuring a super fortress. And Michelle says, yeah, me too. But he said, I don't understand where they can't all, like, try to pool their money together. I mean, there is four of them. If each of them can come up with at least ten bucks, you can get one eventually when they are in stock again and the craze has died down. And you could all play with it so it's all yours equally. That... Honestly, I think is a really cool idea. So there's a knock on the closed door, and Michelle says, Who is it? And it's Danny. Aaron jumps up and says, You can't come in. You could be Fungo, the evil wizard. You know, for somebody who's trying to keep this a secret, you're throwing out names from whatever this show is. I'm guessing it's a show that they watch on Saturday mornings. And Danny tells him, I got popcorn. <laughs> Aaron, taking off his headband, says, bring it on, fungo. These kids rush at the bowl of popcorn like they haven't ingested a popcorn kernel in years. <laughs> it's a microwavable stuff. We all know movie theater popcorn is better than microwave. Oh, Danny. Oh, slip of the tongue. He's like, oh, whoa. Hey, it sure looks like the Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club has super appetites. They all stop eating and turn and look at Danny. Oh, no, we... <laughs> Michelle just stops. like, And even the kids that have their hands on the popcorn just drop what they're holding into the bowl. Derek is just looking like Danny just... Or drop some major. Let's just say Derek is not happy. He's like, <gasps> and Aaron is the first to ask this question. Hey, how did you know we were the Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club? And Danny's like, oh, well, I'm calling a hunch. You guys just look so mighty and so mutant and super. He says, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, you just seem so mighty and mutant-like. Aaron just looks over his shoulder at Michelle, just like, oh, 
And Derek says, Michelle, you told our secret. What is up with Lisa's hair? It looks like not natural red. She actually, there's another episode that I covered with um, Michelle with the big feet. <laughs> that, you know, during the weird but funny but weird, weird but funny dream sequences series. And her hair was more of a regular red. This is just like a fruit punch Kool-Aid dye red. And Michelle tries to get them back on the popcorn wagon. With, oh, is this good popcorn or what? Holding it out to them and then turning to each of them. And Lisa says, don't fill up on popcorn, Michelle. You'll be eating toenails. Aaron does not mince words with Michelle. He's like, you're out of the club. And he says, let's go. And Derek is like, oh yeah, I'm afraid we'll need that headband back. So what, in case they find a, a fourth member replacement like Teddy? or De Well, Teddy's not there anymore. I don't know where he went. Or, you know, Denise or some other kid. And Michelle turns to Danny and she says, thanks, Dad. And Danny is, he is sorry, he didn't mean to spill the beans. He's, oh, Michelle, I'm, oh, come on, I'm, I'm sorry, it was an accident. Michelle says, the best secret club in the whole world, and now I'm out of it. It looks like she's about to cry, and DJ, the door to DJ's room is just hanging open. And he had to come in there with popcorn. All you had to say was, here you go, kiddos, here's some popcorn, all right. See you later. How Danny feels horrible, it's like, ugh. All you had to do was just give them the popcorn and walk away. I must report, I failed dismally at procuring a super fortress. Me too, what he said. Who is it? Dad. You can't come in. You could be Fungo, the evil wizard. I got popcorn. Bring it on, Fungo. It sure looks like the Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club has super appetites. Hey, that's a secret. How did you know we were the Mighty Mutant Super Kids Club? Well, uh, I don't know. You just seem so mighty and mutant-like. Shell, you told our secret. Is this good popcorn or what? Don't fill up on popcorn, Michelle. You're eating toenails. You're out of the club. Let's go. I'm afraid we'll need that headband. Thanks, Dad. I'm a shock. I'm sorry. It was an accident. Best secret club in the whole world, and I'm out of it. So Danny's downstairs sulking while Joey's attempting to make, I'm guessing, dinner. <laughs> I wouldn't eat it. He's like, oh, how could I just blab Michelle's secret like that? And Joey says, hey, look, Danny, I mean, you made a mistake. It doesn't make you a bad person. She'll forgive you eventually. It just makes you a bad person to tell a secret to. Him or Stephanie both, they really don't know how to keep secrets. Michelle comes down the stairs and Danny's like, hey, honey, how's it going? It's later that day, apparently, because Michelle's still wearing the same outfit. So, at first, I, I see Comet kind of hovering 
just on the side of the kitchen island there. And I'm just like, why is Comet here? And then I'm like, yeah, because I've seen the episode before. Yeah, she and Comet are going to form their own secret club. And she says, well, I tell you, but you probably blab. Joey's like, hey, why don't you just call your friends and apologize? And Michelle already attempted that. Didn't go over so great. She called Derek, and apparently he said that Michelle should find a new social circle. Whatever that means. They iced her out! That is cold. Michelle says, come on, comment. We'll start our own circle. At least you don't, you know how to keep a secret because you can't talk. Okay, apparently, I mean, either that's a dog dish or that was something the trainer put down with food in it. I'm guessing, I think that might have been something with food in it to get the dog to stay there <laughs> before, uh, so the Olsen twin can finish her lines and then come around the corner with, with the dog. And they can walk off and out of the scene. Danny says, well, there goes my Father of the Year award. And Joey says, hey, Danny, you know, I bet she'd forgive you if you got her back in that club. And Danny asks Joey, well, how am I supposed to do that? And Joey takes on this Joe Pesci accent. Well, word on the street is that the toy basement is getting a shipment of super fortresses. Yeah. They got a big shipment of super fortresses coming up from Panama tomorrow. Uh, Joey's got the intel, apparently. And Danny's like, all right, let me see if I get this. So you're basically saying that I should just throw Principal right out the window and just buy a super fortress to bribe Michelle's way back into that club. So yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what I'm saying. Buy Michelle's way back into the club. Joey says, exact amount. You know what? I gotta say, season eight Joey here. If I had to go from like season one to eight of Joey worst hair, definitely worst is gonna be season eight. Best, I mean, if we're going like long hair Joey, um, I'd probably say season one, maybe season five, because season six, he finally cuts his hair. I, I thought season three and, wait, season three and six, I thought Joey had short hair. You know, I'll have to look it up again. Danny's like, you know what, maybe that could work. I think I'll, I'll do that. How could I just blurt out Michelle's secret like that? Yeah, you made a mistake. Doesn't make you a bad person. Just a bad person to tell a secret to. <laughs> hey, honey, how's it going? I tell you, but you blab. <laughs> Can't you just call your friends and apologize? I called Derek. He said I should find a new social circle. <laughs> Come on, Comet. We'll start our own circle. Well, there goes my Father of the Year award. I bet you she'd forgive you if you got her back in that club. How am I supposed to do that? Well, the word is on the street that uh, the toy basement is expecting a big shipment of super fortresses coming up from Panama tomorrow. So you're saying 
that I should just throw principal right out the window and buy Michelle's way back into the club? Exactamundo. That could work. So now we're in the living room with DJ and Becky. DJ clearly wants to get some advice for her feelings of Nelson and Kimmy together. Like, clearly she, I think in a way she does kind of feel a little jealous. Because Becky's busy writing a list of the guys she went out with, the ones she wished she went out with, and, well, you know what, just some guys that she's just making up their names just to make the list longer. And, D, yeah, at this point, I didn't think DJ was with anybody because she literally just broke up with Nelson three episodes ago. So, apparently, since she says I broke up with him three weeks ago, each episode, apparently, between this one and the first one are each a week in between. Which is funny because, you know, these episodes air weekly. So, alright, she says, yeah, relationships are so confusing, even when they're over. She explains how she, to Becky how she broke up with Nelson, but he went out with Kimmy last night. And it's driving DJ crazy. And Becky asks her, well, do you want to get back together with Nelson? And DJ says, no, I just, but I don't want Kimmy to be with him either. And Becky does bring up a good point. It's like, well, you need to let Kimmy and Nelson kind of figure this out for themselves. She says, no, I just don't want Kimmy to have him either. And DJ kind of realized, like, yeah, that sounds bad, doesn't it? And Becky's like, no, I mean, everybody gets jealous sometimes. You know, again, I bring up One Tree Hill. And how, I think it was season three where Brooke and Lucas were kind of dating but not dating in a non-exclusive way. And she's like throwing these people at like, oh, date these people even though we're not exclusive or whatever. Anyway, and he's getting tired of her games and she says, I wanted you to say that you would rather be alone than be without me. And I'm just like, that is just messed up. Is that what DJ's kind of thinking? The same in a way? Like if I if I didn't, if I can't, well it's not that she can't have Nelson, she could. That's what he wants. But it's almost like I don't want to date him, but I don't want anyone else to date him. I mean, if he went out with other girls, would it really be a problem? I think it's just the fact that he's out with Kimmy. And I see that she is, it's not so much, it's just, Kimmy, you don't do that. You don't go out with your best friend's ex. Like, at all, ever. That should completely be off the table. And... Becky says, you know, the important thing is, though, that is how you handle it. Handle it. I am making a... And she says, I'm making up a phony list. She puts down the name Larry, and then she's like, hmm. And she looks at the couch. Couchman? Larry Couchman, there we go. Oh, my goodness. I think you need to stop, Becky. She's going to eventually come up with the last name Coffee Table. Here we go. <laughs> okay, it's time to reveal the list. Hey, Beck. Oh, sorry. Am I interrupting you guys? <laughs> and DJ, oh, no, no, I'm just leaving. Have fun with the list that you're making. 
And Jesse's got this computer printout. Like, hey, Beck, you ready to take a stroll down uh, X Lover's Lane? That is like a novel of printer paper that he just threw down. It makes an audible thunk on the coffee table. And she says, that's your list? You know, I honestly, if that were a real list of girls, I I would not be surprised. Because I think we can count on both hands. I mean, I don't know, really. I mean, between the first episode and when we meet Becky and he's with Becky, really does not date anyone after her, of course, because they're, you know, together. It's everyone who came before it. And he says, oh, yeah, I, I just, I narrowed it down to the ones I really cared about. And Becky says, ah, <laughs> I, um, I may need some more time. He said, no, 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 time's up. Come on, show me your list. This has one legal pad piece of paper. He said, no, 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 time for you to read. Here you go. The printer, it, the paper is still, it's got the, uh, perforated edges like it just is printed out of the and she's just like holding it Rebecca 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 and she's not like how many Rebecca's did you date Jesse takes the printer paper stands up so he's holding it and he starts like um like pulling it up and she's like Rebecca 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 <laughs> Jesse how did she says how many Rebecca's did you date serious just one you and he says and she's more important than any ratty old kiss t-shirt or any ratty old girlfriend or anything else in my life before you came into it and she's as she leans in to kiss him she says it's a good thing we love each other so much and we have nothing to be jealous of and of course she's trying to hide that list under that glass candy dish on the coffee table it's like of course that list you're trying to hide Jesse, most of those names are not real people. They're completely fake. <laughs> she, like, crumples up the paper, tosses it over the back of the couch, and he's, like, trying, and she, he's, like, trying to get to it, and she's distracting him by kissing him, and he ends up falling over the back of the couch to get the list. Jesse gets to the list, and he looks, and he's like, who's Vito and Tabellini? Oh, my God. See, didn't I say if she ran out of the word wrote down the word couch, she's just like ma- like looking around the room for anything she could end tableini. Coffee tableini. <laughs> All these names of inanimate objects. And Becky, are you busy? Oh no, I'm just making up a list of all the guys I went out with and all the guys I wish I'd gone out with. And a few guys I made up just to drive your uncle crazy. <laughs> Relationships are so confusing. Even when they're over. I broke up with Nelson, but he went out with Kimmy last night, and it's driving me crazy. Well, do you want to get back together with Nelson? No, I I just don't want Kimmy to have him either. That sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> nah. Everybody gets jealous sometimes. The important thing is how you handle it. I am making up a phony list. <laughs> Larry. Couch. Couchman. Larry Couchman. Hey, Beck. Oh, sorry. Uh, am I interrupting you guys? No, it's okay. I'm leaving. Thanks for listening in. Becky, you're welcome. So, Beck, you uh, better take a stroll down ex-lover's lane. That's your list? Yep. Oh, well, I narrowed it down to just the ones I really cared about. 
Um, <laughs> I may need some more time. No, 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 no. Time's up. Time for you to read. Go ahead. Rebecca, 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 Rebecca. How many Rebeccas did you date? Only one. She's more important than any ratty old kiss t-shirt or any ratty old girlfriend or anything else that happened in my life before you came into it. Oh, honey. It's a good thing that we love each other so much and we have nothing to be jealous of. Right. Except, of course, that list you're trying to hide. What list? That list. Honey. <laughs> All right, so Jesse, Danny, and Joey are right in line, right at the doors for the toy basement, which will be opening in 10 seconds. Everyone wants that super fortress thing. Everyone in San Fran. Which, gosh, it just makes me think of Black Friday. I mean, the thing is, the times that I... No, I actually would go, like, Thanksgiving evening, and it was always... I believe it was just always to Target. It was very, it wasn't crazy. People were not, they're just, you know, they're getting what they want. You know, someone's, you know, like, I'm in someone's way. I'll move out of the way. You know, usually, and, and I'm pretty much just going for the TV shows on DVD or the movies because they're super, super, super cheap. Like, anything from, like, $4, 6 8 10 that kind of thing. So, and most of those TV shows cost anywhere from $25 to 30 to, you know, that's how I got all those Game of Thrones sets seasons, you know, one through eight, was every single year when they would put out, they would put out the new one, and it would be like 10 bucks compared to like, you know, it was cheaper packaging and everything like that too, but it was just a lot, I mean, I'd rather pay $10 than say pay like four, because it's an HBO show. Instead of paying like like the forty, fifty, sixty dollars, so. But Jesse, Joey, and Danny are all at the front of the line, and as soon as they find out, oh, the store's opening in a, a couple seconds, everyone bum rushes the closed doors and shove Danny, Jesse, and Joey literally right up against the doors. That's how people die. Get trampled. Because everyone and their cousin can't wait for the doors to open. As soon as they do, it's like a flood of just people just... And just people are getting stepped on. People are getting stepped on, stamped, stamped, you know, all of that stuff. People are getting hurt. And just people fighting over 55, 75-inch televisions that are like $300 and they're normally like thousands of dollars. It's like... No TV is worth bleeding over on Black Friday or any day of the year. That is nuts. I honestly feel like if you're going to fight at Black Friday, if you're going to pull that garbage, you need to be arrested and banned from the store for life. That's my thoughts. Soon as see the guy on the intercom says the store will be opening in 10 seconds, everyone behind... The three guys shoves them all forward. 
And like Danny's gonna get his nose broke the way that his nose is being face is being shoved. Same with Jesse and Joey. Oh my gosh. Two guys that are wearing like grocery store aprons open the doors and they get out of the way because it is a flood of people. And you know that the three guys are gonna be going down and they're gonna be stepped on. Yeah, they immediately fall to the floor. Some man literally steps on Danny's butt and basically launches his body his body forward for a moment. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is this is craziness. And of course the super fortresses are literally at the front of the store. You could most likely see them from where everyone's standing. They look like a big Nintendo game system box. They're all being, they're still on the floor. They're still being stepped on. And he's like, my back, watch your heels. I have the subtitles on so it catches everything. White shirt is completely dirty with footmarks. He is so lucky he does not have a broken back for all the people that have stepped on him. None of them are attempting to try to get up. Which they probably can't because they're so sore and in pain. There is a kid there too. Oh my gosh. That would not be safe for a child. Basically the plan is like, okay, Danny, give me your hand. What we're going to do is we're going to take Jesse and launch him into and above the crowd where the super fortresses are. Everyone is so crowded around. You think you're getting it and you're getting in line. You're not standing there. I mean, this is insane. You're not standing there with the item because someone's going to rip it right out of your hand. You're going to grab it. You're going to go. The register is literally right behind them. You get it. You go to the register. Oh, my God. Uh, the, I would want assistance going out to my vehicle, though, because... How do you know that someone is going to try to snag it as soon as you walk out the door or you're going to your car? Jesse all yours. The hair, the hair, the hair. Okay, that's enough. Jump him back down. Danny says, Joey, I'm going in after him. And Joey says, Danny, don't be a fool. And it's like he's telling Joey, look, Joey, if I don't make it, if I don't come out, tell the girls I love them. Oh, and to use a coaster. So, Jesse makes it to the top of <laughs> the crowd, has a super fortress, tosses it. Hey, Joey, I got one. Here you go. And you're thinking, okay, great. Let's get to check out so we can get you checked out. But uh, this little girl and her mommy, played by Dot Marie Jones, have a little ruse here. This girl in this jean jacket, who looks probably about Michelle's age, she's got dark hair and braids. She's like, <laughs> Mister, I broke my my finger. I think it's broken. Will you look at it? He's like, Oh, let me check. And she immediately grabs the super fort because he puts it down. And she grabs it. Mom, I got one. And Joyce her friend, like, Hey, that's mine. Give it back. And she starts screaming, Mommy! <laughs> and the, <laughs> the lady comes in, Dot Marie Jones comes in. She's wearing like this leather biker outfit thing. She grabs Joey with her hand to his chin, lifting him up and saying, I believe that toy belonged to my daughter. 
And Joey's like, your hands are so, your hand is so soft. <laughs> she says to him, I hurt my finger, mister. I think it's broken. He's like, oh, let's take a look. And the girl immediately grabs the super fortress that's sitting. I mean, Joey's got a hand on it, but she goes and grips it out of his grip. Oh, oh, when he goes to look, no, he takes his hand off of it. Immediately, the girl goes down and snatches it. Hey, Ma, I got one. That was a full-on ruse. That was a full-on ruse that the mother and daughter cooked up. I'm surprised no other adult, because Joey, like, starts, the girl's got it in her. This thing is, like, as big as this girl. He's like, hey, give that back. That's mine. And the girl's like, mommy! Like, <laughs> shaking the thing out of her grasp. And she's, like, she's like holding onto it with a death grip. And Don Marie Jones, right behind Joey, says, mommy's here. And she taps him on the, on his shoulder. She lifts him up by, with her thumb and index finger, grabbing his face and lifting him up. Yeah, she looks him square in the face. She's like, I believe that toy belongs to my daughter. And Joey says, gee, your hand smells terrific. Shoves him out of the way. Danny manages to get one. I'm surprised that Joey doesn't turn around and grab it. Like, put your body over it. Just lay over the top of it. Like, no one else would be able to tell what it is. Come on. He's like, I got one. It's all mine. And this lady is on Danny's back, like, beating his butt with a purse. And Danny's like, sorry, lady. I thought your legs were wider. She keeps hitting him in the butt with her purse. Her purse was softer. She, like, take, gets off him, takes her purse, because he's on all fours, whacks him in the side of the head, and runs off of the super fortress. Okay, people are actually checking out with their super fortresses like the biker lady and her scam daughter there i don't even think that's her daughter i bet that's not her daughter that is a ruse those two cooked up joey how do you think it went you saw how it went down hey hey danny how'd it go over there do you see him with a super fortress both of you have managed to get one and lose one within the course of a minute danny says not well and over the PA, the announcer says, attention shoppers, we are sorry to announce we are all sold out of super, if they're sold out of super fortresses, why is there still a group of people there? That doesn't make any sense. You're, you don't get it and hang around waiting for someone to rip it out of your hands. You get checked out and you leave the store. That's what you do. Otherwise, you run the risk of someone taking it. Yeah, run the risk of getting hurt. All of that. That's why on Black Friday, they, and, you know, the day before, you know, Thanksgiving, they have cops. They have cops. They are, as you're walking out the door, checking your receipt, making sure you, everything you got is, you paid for that stuff, basically. And the reason we have, we, I don't work at a supermarket, the reason there are so many, you're like, why are there so many lanes and hardly ever are open? You want to know why? 
the one day of the year that it matters to have every single one of those open on Black Friday. Exactly. That's why they have all those registers for that one day a year when it matters to have every single one of them open. As they say, we're temporarily out of Super Fortresses again. Now everyone has one. You, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. You could have gotten in just... The, why are they standing there conversing with each other, talking about their favorite characters? You know they're all buying them for their kids or to sell on... What is 94? Did eBay exist then? Or uh, Definitely a doubt in the form that we have now. There was a table of Super Fortresses that is broken down the middle and Jesse is just like splayed out on it. You'd think he'd have a concussion. He probably broke that table when he flew over that crowd and landed on those super fortresses. I thought it was a pallet, like, full of super fortresses. I didn't know it was all just put on a table. Which, the table looks like it's three feet tall. Now everyone's in line waiting to buy super fortresses. His hair does not look that messed up, to be honest. It looks like bedhead to me. And apparently they ruined Mr. Goodpart because Jesse always has to have a comb with him wherever he goes. And Danny and Joey each put Jesse's arm around their neck to help him get home because he is in no shape to walk. See? You come there, you run the risk of getting hurt, Sally. It's sad, sad, sad. Like dragging Jesse's legs. And other, oh, it says Special Shipment Super Fortress Supply Limited. There's a sign out front. And then they go out the door and we see some peddler selling, like, hey, you guys looking for Super Fortress? And they turn around and look at him. This guy's a shifty character. You know, like, whatever he's selling is just going to be hot garbage and not even real. The guy is wearing a backwards cap. He looks shifty because, you know, but he doesn't even have the product on him right there. And he's literally right outside the door. Is this what scalpers do uh, outside of concert venues? They like, hey, you're looking to go see Sticks in concert or like Enrique Iglesias or whatever? I got tickets right here. Why would you wait till the day of... Like, no one's going to show up to a concert hoping someone's going to be selling tickets right outside the day of. Come on. Guy looks like a weasel with a backwards hat. He just looks with the beady, shifty eyes. The weaselly goatee face. The, the rat nose. He just looks really shifty. I would not buy anything from that man. Attention shoppers. The toy basement will be opening in 10 seconds. Look. One, two, three! 
they don't come out, tell the girls I love them a lot, and never forget to use a coaster. Excuse me! coming through! Joey, I got one! Basement, please! Are you okay? I hurt my finger, mister. I think it's broken. Not my problem. Let's take a look here. Hey, Mom! You DJ and Stephanie are sitting at the table with Muffins and OJ. Stephanie's reading the paper, which, cool, good for her. Kimmy come, pops in the back door wearing her usual goofy clothes, which is the orange tights, the, the jean shorts, the reddish-orange top underneath a multicolored crop top. She starts singing, I am so beautiful to me. And it looks like she's got a hickey on her neck, but we all know better. And honestly, Nelson just, he does not seem the type that would do that even if, when he was dating DJ. I really, and I don't think DJ's the type that would want that anyway, even if it were with her and Steve. It's like, mm, I, I can't see that being a thing. It just, that doesn't seem like something Nelson would do. I'm going to ask a question here. Um, we see Stephanie wearing glasses that are similar to the ones she had in season four, Stephanie Gets Framed. Um, but in season seven, in My Funny Valentine, wait, season seven or eight? She's wearing these gold wire-rimmed glasses similar to the ones that Jesse would wear when he was writing music. Kimmy takes um, the muffin out of DJ's, or out of Stephanie's hand. Like, come on. He says, Stephanie says, oh, I just lost my appetite. And then Kimmy takes the muffin out of Stephanie's hand and says, well, you won't be needing this. She's about to ask Kimmy, how's it going? Like, how'd the date go last night? And when she notices the so-called hickey on Kimmy's neck. Stephanie's the first one to say, oh, looks like a hickey. And Stephanie says, don't tell me Nelson gave you a love bite. And Kimmy says, sorry, I'm not the type to be nibbled and tell. Ooh. 
And DJ says, Kimmy, look, I, I want you to know that whatever happened between you and uh, Nelson, and I don't need details, I'm happy for the both of you. He says, I, I wish you the best. And Kimmy comes back with, well, Deej, I thought you said that Nelson couldn't be interested in me. Okay, first of all, she never technically said that. The DJ does apologize. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, didn't, I shouldn't have said that. And DJ tells Kimmy the only reason I guess I said that it was because I was jealous. Kimmy can't believe her ear. You, you were jealous of me? Kim, Kimmy just can't believe she's like, wow, my whole life you were always, you know, up here and I was, you know, down here. But now I'm up here and you're down here. And DJ said, no, Kimmy, like, we're more like, uh, she takes Kimmy's hands and sets them evenly apart from me. Like, we're more like this. And Kimmy says, yeah, I can look at that. And they hug and it's all patched up. And Stephanie says, hey, Kimmy, there's a picture on the sports page that looks just like you. And Kimmy's like, oh, really? Wait, you know what? I gotta go. She says, oh, it couldn't be. Gotta go. Stephanie holds the door closed like, you are not. I'm gonna read this right here. <laughs> you know, Stephanie is relishing in the fact that she caught Kimmy in a lie that it's not a hickey. It says here, an overexcited fan leaned over the fence pinched the bat boy and took a foul ball to the to the neck a ball to the are you serious you know how dangerous that is she could have like ruptured her throat i'm not a doctor what do i know she could have done something to her throat muscles or her neck she could have broken her you know how fast those balls go even though it's a foul ball oh my gosh how is she still standing how is she not in the hospital how is she not wearing a neck brace oh my gosh she took a foul ball to the neck and all she has is a hickey-like bruise on her neck? Wow. She had an angel watching over her last that night. Clearly. Okay, she's got, say, again with the different fabric swatches, it's like a sports bra crochet crop top over the reddish-orange shirt. I mean, I get, I mean, and even with the kooky, crazy colored headband and stuff like that, I mean, this is Kimmy, but it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, no one's wearing name brand stuff, come on, that's all being made by the wardrobe department, I would imagine. So, Kimmy says, oh, the worst part is, aside from getting uh, beaned with a ball in the neck, she missed the bat boy and grabbed a handful of Tommy Lasorda. Okay, I don't know what he looks like. I've heard the name. I'm going to look at him up. This is like an old man. He is an old... I mean, did he look like this in 80, or 94? I don't know. Was It also says, I guess, the guy was a coach at one point, too, later on after his baseball career. She basically groped Tommy Lasorda's butt. She was going to do that to the Bat Boy, but she miscalculated, I guess. You know how embarrassing that would have to be for Nelson? He probably has gets to go to the games free. I mean, he has a lot of money, but you know, he invited her to the game, and she embarrasses him by trying to grope the Bat Boy. Or just to make a spectacle of her and him. And get, you know, her picture taken in the paper. That's going to be embarrassing. He's like, Kimmy, don't ever call me. Now I can never show my face at that baseball stadium again. He's like, I don't know that girl. I don't know her. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting. I don't know her. I'm just sitting next to her. I don't know that girl. Michelle's room and we have Derek, Lisa, and Aaron sitting on the end of Stephanie's bed and Derek asks Michelle, why did your dad call us all here? And Michelle says, uh I don't know. I mean, he's not home yet. I have no idea. Oh, Aaron. Aaron with a cross. All three of the kids' arms are crossed across their chest. And Aaron says, it better be good. And Michelle says, yeah, that better, that was, that's just what I was thinking. Because she didn't invite them over there. Danny did. Clearly he's got a, something up his sleeve. Danny comes in, white shirt ripped, and he's got a black trash bag. Okay, can we just say anything that's bought and put in a black trash bag can't be, I mean, come on. Come on! That would have been your first clue. Michelle, upon seeing Danny's shirt ripped, and his shirt's all dirty and everything, she's like, Dad, what happened to your shirt? And Danny says, same thing that happened to my ribs, but you can still see it. So Danny turns to Aaron, Derek, and Lisa. He says, all right, guys, look, I got a little business proposition for you all. And the kids all look at each other, and Lisa says, we're listening. Danny tells them that this club means a lot to Michelle. If you let her back in, I'll give you what's in the bag. And Aaron, I mean, even though, yes, it is rude the way he says it, like, mm, no dice, sir. <laughs> he says, without seeing it first, pff, you must think we're stupid. And even Derek's like, yeah, in Aaron's own rude way, sir, he does have a point there. Danny says, all right, well, you guys drive a hard bargain, but feast your eyes on, and they all scream, Super Fortress! They immediately go over to it and start ripping open the box. 
Danny didn't even see inside the box. That could be anything in there. As soon as they ripped the top off the box, they started going through the... And Aaron is the first thing to notice something's not right. He says... They're like, whoa, cool. And then Aaron picks up... They all three got a character of something. And <laughs> Aaron says, super fake. Lisa says, yeah, this is not an official super fortress. Super Mandy looks like Abraham Lincoln. And Derek says, and I believe the evil fungo bears a striking resemblance to Hoover. Hoover. So maybe there's like a early president's action figures that this guy just slapped, uh, basically just put a cape on these characters and just threw them in a box. So odds are that guy already had a super fortress because he's got the box, already sold it to somebody else, kept the box, and just threw a bunch of garbage in there and just Danny didn't even... <laughs> You know, odds are the guy's like, I want the money first, and then you get the box. They didn't bother to check it afterwards to make sure it's the real deal. They just, oh, the box makes it official. Okay. And Aaron says, you know, this is just a cheap imitation as he throws a character back in the box. Danny, come on. I know he makes a good deal of money on Wake Up San Francisco, but this is ridiculous. It's like, cheap? I paid 75 bucks to a guy in an alley for this stuff. And I'd be like, well, um, yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. This is $75 in 1994 money. That's a lot of money. You could get a pair of rollerblades for $75 back then. The line, I paid 75 bucks to a guy in an alley for this stuff. It's just like... Danny, do you know how ridiculous you sound right now? And Aaron just scoffs at Danny. Like, he's not, like, what am I supposed to say? Well, sorry, Mr. Tanner. Like, you just proved your point, sir. He's like, $75? Ha! <laughs> I saw you coming! Basically, like, you're just a big sap who got taken. The other kids, Derek and Lisa, both start laughing, too. Michelle gets angry, which rightfully so. She says, stop it. It's not funny. And Danny puts an arm around her and is like, honey, it's okay. It's okay. She's like, no, it's not. She says, no, you tried harder than anyone to help me. And your shirt got all ripped. Yeah, and he, you got all dirty. And I'm like, well, sweetie, you were there. But he also got stepped on several times. So I'm sure, yeah, he probably's got some broken ribs. He's probably got a concussion. And Michelle says, I think you're the best dad in the whole world. And she hugs him. It's like, yeah, Danny, even though he kind of went about it the wrong way, I mean, he did help, try to help her out and right her wrong. And, you know, his wrong. To buy her way in to the back into the club, which any club that's that, that's that exclusive is not worth being in. If you're going to throw a member out just because they blabbed a secret, it's like, come on. Yeah, Derek. Derek Aaron uh, he says, oh, that's real sweet. But you're still out of the club. This sappy, sweet father-daughter moment means nothing to me. It does nothing. It doesn't soften my heart at all. 
Michelle stands up and says, hey, who cares about your stupid club? I'll make my own club and none of you guys will be allowed to join it. Danny finally steps in, just like the whole situation with Michelle, Denise, and Teddy, and says, hey, guys, the whole point of a club is because you want to hang out with each other and have fun. I mean, you guys all still like Michelle, right? I mean, you think she's a good person. And Derek's the first one to say, well, I still like Michelle. It's like, yeah, there's no reason that you guys can't. Why do you even have to? It. Why does it even have to technically be a club? You guys can just hang out together. You know, and have fun. Yeah, and Dan says, wait, 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 that's not right. The whole reason to be in a club is to hang out with your friends and have fun. And Danny says, well, but if you're going to fight all the time, what fun is that? And Aaron pipes up with, well, what fun is it having a secret if somebody blabs it? Danny says, all right, Michelle, our young mutant friend here makes a good point. Danny says, okay, perhaps it was a mistake for Michelle to tell me about your secret club. Michelle says, big mistake. And Danny admits, you know, and it was a mistake for me to blab it to you guys. And Michelle says, bigger mistake. And Danny also admits, you know, and it was also a mistake for me to try to bribe her way back into a club. We're all in agreement here that mistakes were made, mainly by Danny. Yeah, and he says, but that doesn't mean that you can't be friends. I mean, you still like each other, don't you? And Derek looks at Danny and like, you know, I still like Michelle. And Lisa says, me too. And Lisa has to nudge Aaron. <laughs> Both Derek and Lisa turn to Aaron like, okay, Aaron. Time for you to say that you still like Michelle. Aw, Aaron, Aaron smiles. He's like, yeah, I like you. I like that. Lisa, like, audibly, you don't see it. She, like, elbows him in the gut because you hear, like, Ooh, I, yeah, I still like you, too. Michelle says, I like you guys, too. And Derek, with her, his smart words, saying, I think Michelle should be reinstated. And Aaron says, why don't we just let her back in the club? <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. So Derek hands Michelle the the headband, and they all put their headbands on. They put their hands on. Derek says, Mighty! And then Mutant and then Super Kids! And Danny's like, and they're dads! Like, no, Danny, you're not a part of this. Yeah, Michelle says, Dad, don't push it, you've done enough. And Danny's like, all right, well, you guys have fun. Now I'm going to start my own club. Mighty Mutant, I'm all alone, dad club. And then they end the episode by mutating into their Mighty Mutant Super Kids forms. That's pretty much how the episode ends. Michelle, why did your dad call us all here? I don't know. He's not home yet. It better be good. That's just what I was thinking. What happened to your shirt? Same thing that happened to my ribs, but you can see it. All right, Aaron, Derek, Lisa, I got a little business proposition for you guys. We're listening. All right. This club means a lot to Michelle. If you guys let her back in, I'll give you what's in the bag. Without saying it, you must think we're stupid. <laughs> I'm afraid in his own rude way, Aaron is right, sir. <laughs> Okay, you guys drive a hard bargain, but feast your eyes on... Super Fortress! <laughs> Super 
Super Fortress. Super Mandy looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and I believe the evil Fungo bears a striking resemblance to Herbert Hoover. <laughs> this is just a cheap imitation. Cheap? I pay 75 bucks to a guy in an alley for this stuff. You pay double what you get They saw you coming. <laughs> It's okay, honey. It's okay. No. You tried harder than anyone to help me. You shook got all whipped and got all dirty. I think you're the best in the whole world. Oh, thank you. That's real sweet. But you're still out of the club. <laughs> Who cares about your stupid club? I'll start my own club and none of you guys can be in it. Wait, wait, wait a minute. That's not right. The whole reason to be in a club in the first place is to hang out with your friends and have fun. But if you're going to fight all the time, what fun is that? Well, what fun is it having a secret if somebody blabs it? Our young mutant friend here makes a good point. Okay, perhaps it was a mistake for Michelle to tell me about your secret club. Big mistake. And it was a mistake for me to blab it to you guys. Bigger mistake. And it was a mistake for me to, to try and bribe her way back into the club. We're all in agreement that mistakes were made here. But that doesn't mean you guys can't be friends. You still like each other, don't you? I still like Michelle. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I like you too. I like you guys too. I think Michelle should be reinstated. Why don't we just let her back in? <laughs> right. Ready? guys have fun. I'm gonna start my own club, the Mighty Mutant I'm All Alone Dad Club. You know, I just realized when he said he spent $75, that thing originally for brand new factory seal, plastic sealed Super Fortress was $39. So about 40 He paid almost double for a, a box with just filled with, like, junky action figures. Why would you... I mean, you're that... I get it. But you pay double for basically nothing. That guy took your money and it's just... You may as well just flush $75 down the toilet because that's basically what you did, Danny. But, again, mistakes were made, things happen, you get ripped off sometimes. When you're desperate and you want something that bad that you don't want to wait for, you're going to get ripped off. Like, come on, seriously. Do you really need that new PlayStation that's originally, like, $250 and you're spending $500, like, close to $800 for it? No! It'll come back in stock eventually and you can, you know, want the hype dice down then you can, uh, you know, get it. You don't have to get it right. Uh, I mean, come on now. Think about it. You, you, you get it when it becomes available again. You get it for, and you get to keep, you know, more of your money because you're not spending way over the amount of what you normally would it cost for it. Like, you'd pay the price of what two of them cost just to have one. The, the logic is just, come on now. 
That's basically the Tanner Teachable moment of this episode. It's like, come on, guys. I know we all want the fancy thing when it comes off the sales floor right when it happens, but do you really want to pay way overpriced for it? Come on. Come on. All right, so... Worst outfit, definitely, that crochet, that fabric swatch crop top, whatever that is that Kimmy was wearing, worst outfit of the episode, 100%. Best outfit, I like that blue shirt that kind of had, like, gray, like, stripes on the side that Jesse was wearing when he got <laughs> novel printer paper list to Rebecca and she's re reading like Rebecca over and over and over again. I, I like that shirt on Jesse. I really, really do. Also Tanner teachable moment. Yeah. Again, for creating a club, Danny's hundred percent right. You create a club. Why do you even have to call it a club? Cause that just makes it sound ex too ex exclusive where you're uh, excluding people. You know, I mean, it's just, just hang out. You don't got to call it a club. <sighs> All right. Well, join me in December, the last month of 2022. Hey, Quinny. When I cover the Jesse and Michelle double feature, I'm going to be covering season five, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is episode 19, aired February 18th, 1992 in this episode. When Michelle's disobedience lands her in the doghouse, the little bow wow in her wants to bite back. Okay, who wrote this? Seriously. Meanwhile, DJ plays buffer between a bickering Stephanie and Kimmy. Oh, there's another one here. The temptation to fit up with Jesse's forbidden music equipment is too great for Michelle, but when Jesse lands her in hot water for it, the little devil in her wants to burn him. Elsewhere, Kimmy and Stephanie are at each other's throats, and it's up to DJ to referee the proceedings. I like the second one a little better. And, of course, the last episode in this double feature I will be covering is from season... I believe it is season seven. Is it season seven? One second, guys. Maybe it's season six. Here we yes, season six, episode eighteen. Please don't touch the dinosaur. This also aired in February, February twenty third, nineteen ninety three. Jesse and Danny both volunteered to take Michelle's class on a field trip to the museum. Jesse's rowdier bunch of kids cause trouble and end up destroying a dinosaur skeleton. Meanwhile, Stephanie and DJ get into an argument over who owns a baseball card worth $2,000. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Join me in December for those two episodes. Have a great rest of November, everybody. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review, just go to iTunes, type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by their Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>